You're listening to an Anderson Entertainment production. This episode, we're headed for the grand finale of Fab Facts. Things are getting a bit dicey in the randomizer. Did he say grand finale? And it's FAB for Thunderbird 4 with Gordon Tracy voice Joe Jameson. That's all coming up in pod 252. He did say grand finale of the Jerry Anderson podcast. Let's get started. Let's go. Spectrum is green. The Jerry Anderson Podcast with Jamie Anderson and Richard James. Grand finale of Fab Facts. That, what, that can only mean one thing, surely. Is this the last ever Fab Fact? Why don't you wait and find <gasps> out? Oh, I'm on the edge of my seat. Later in this episode of the Jerry Anderson podcast. Oh, first of all, we're doing the intro again. Anyway, oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, this is only the beginning of the Jerry Anderson podcast. True, episode that's true. 252. 52, also yeah. known as Pod 252. Yeah. It's exciting. Is it? Still, well, it, is it? It is. It is if we're approaching the last fab fact. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, anyway, uh, you're Richard James. That's true, and you're Jamie Anderson. Uh, th- that is also true, and also uh, a thing that is true is yes. Chris Dale will be coming later with his randomizer. That is true. That it comes up at the end of the podcast, and yes. that, truthfully, is one of the Podstron favourite items in the Jerry Anderson podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, we know that, yeah. yeah. Uh, but between now and then, we have all manner of... Well, Richard would say gubbins. Some might say filler. Uh, but <laughs> other content, uh, things that happen. And yes. sometimes we sneak in a few surprises, don't we? Yes, did you notice? What, last week? <laughs> yeah. I think I may have noticed. Uh, yes, we inadvertently generated a new some segment. <laughs> and some interest. Uh, yes, in a, in a section called Panderson. Yes, that we won't be doing again. I'd just like to point that out. No, it was it was just a silly gag. Uh, yes, it was. And also, can I just add that we really did come up with that on the fly during the record. There was no plan for that. <laughs> yeah. And while we were recording, I was looking for the theme tune, which I then yeah. played in, and Richard made up the song <laughs> yeah. there and then. And, and the whole world's been singing it for the last week, Absolutely. it seems. Absolutely. It's very, very catchy. But don't worry, mm. we won't be putting that earworm back in your ear. No, but you can bet, can't you, that this is going to come up in the quiz for our 500th podcast when we meet and do it live. And I'm going to have a podcast quiz. I'm going to say, in which pod did we introduce yeah. for one episode only the Panderson quiz? And you're going to go, oh, God, yeah, Panderson, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Was that 251? I think mm. it was, wasn't it? Exactly. Anyway, so excluding all made-up random silly things that yep. we don't actually do, what's yep. coming up in Pod 252, Richard James? Well, I'm delighted to say that if you've ever listened to the Jerry Anderson podcast before, then you'll know exactly what you're in for. Oh. Because, yeah, it's just what we do every week. We've got Fab Facts, potentially the finale of Fab Facts, Allegedly, coming up yeah. in a little while. Then we've got the second part of uh, Jamie's interview with uh, Joe Jameson from uh, the Thunderbirds Audios. Correct. Uh, which is uh, very exciting. Uh, prior to that, however, taking a step back in time 
just a little bit from that, but a step forward from that fact. <laughs> We've on. got the Jerry Anderson news. I'm just trying right. to get it all in order. Jerry Anderson news, because of course there's always something new happening in the Jerry Anderson universe. There really is. It's yes. true. I don't just say it every week. It's true. And then we've got uh, the, the randomizer coming up a little later on. And in between all of that, we've got some wonderful emails from our lovely Podstrons. That's you, our listeners, mm. who've been emailing us at podcast.jerryamson.com. And I should also be reading out some Facebook posts and some Twitterings because people have been uh, hashtagging us, Jerry Anderson Podcast, tagging me, Richard N. James, and him over there, I'm Jamie Anderson, and him standing by the big red button, Chris Dalek. So all of that to come on the very FAB jerry anderson podcast <laughs> well what a <laughs> shocker that all those things will be coming up oh, completely unprecedented <laughs> <laughs> well it will be if we get through it without mistakes or yes. deviations or hesitations yes. or repetitions mm, so yeah a clean show as they say in the mm, theater i don't think that's going to happen but we can certainly no. try so shall we begin proceedings with with the last ever no with mm, everyone, the finale of with mm. ep- Everyone's favourite. Oh, yes. It's Fab Facts. Go on then, let's get it over and done with. Now, time for this week's Fab Facts. Yes, as you know, Podstrons, it's Richard's favourite section of the podcast. It's Fab Facts, (laughs) where Mm. we endeavour to deliver you a fact that is fab, by which we mean interesting, exciting, fascinating, hitherto perhaps unknown or unconsidered. Perhaps, yes. <laughs> we can't always Being guarantee the operative it. operative word. No, of and course not. Richard's hoping for something um, terminal, I think. But let's see how we get on, because I've got my book of fab facts. I'm going to flick through it at great speed. Richard's going to shout fab, uh, and then I'm going to read you the fab fact from the page upon which we happen to arrive. Born ready. Then here we go with a flick. Fab! Come on! There was a great deal of speed at the front end of that. It was, I noticed. So, Richard James. Yes? You've probably noticed that not one of the Anderson shows had what you might call a series finale. Ah, no, that's true. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Indeed, many popular cult TV shows of the 60s, 70s, and indeed the 1980s didn't end in a way that tied up the story. They just sort of stopped. Uh Uh-huh. And that's the end of the... No. Um, oh. <laughs> many of the Supermarination series ended with a, uh, a clip show and shows such as UFO Space Precinct, which I think you may know, New Captain Scarlet, and the first season of Space 1999 concluded with an episode that did at least feel sort of like a suitably yeah. final note uh, yeah. on which to end things, even if nothing was really resolved as such. Mm. Mm-hmm. However, had things turned out differently... One prominent Anderson series could have ended with an episode that, while not serving as a finale as such, mm. would have pointed to the ultimate fate of the show's characters. Oh, right. The series in question? Yes. Space 1999. I knew it. Great. This is going to be interesting. Go on. I can't guarantee it. The name <laughs> of the story? Yeah. Children of the Gods. Children of the Gods. Now, like it. This story would have opened with Moonbase Alpha disappearing bit by bit until finally the entire base had been relocated to a different planet. Mm. Here, the Alphans would find themselves subject to the whims of two powerful children who were mm. being monitored by an alien observer. The children would use their powers to put the Alphans through various mental and physical trials, but with no clear purpose. They would seem to be just tormenting our heroes for Mm. the sake of it Mm. 
Mm, a bit like the podcast. Naughty though. children. Yes, just like that. <laughs> All sorts of mental and physical trials. Yes. Uh, so as, Point, ultimately pointless. Yes, yeah. yeah, fair enough. As this episode unfolded, it would transpire that these children and their observer are from 300 years in the future, and the children were abducted as babies from a human colony that is about to make contact with the observer's planet. Gosh. The big twist of this episode was to be that the human colony was in fact founded by the Alphans themselves, showing that they did actually eventually find a new home and found oh. a civilization, and 300 wow. years from now will be resuming their exploration of space. Do you see what's oh, happened here? It's all yeah, a bit timey-wimey, yeah. timey mm-hmm. as they say, yes. <laughs> right. Now, the Observer's Race wants to know whether humanity poses a threat to them, so by taking the two children, raising them in a moral and ethical vacuum, giving right. them these powers and turning them loose on the Alphans, they hope to learn more about how humans treat <laughs> other life forms. <laughs> That's a bit complicated. Well, we know what okay. children do. Uh, yeah. If the children fail the, this test by proving humanity is inherently evil, they and Alpha will be destroyed, and thus the human colony will never exist in 300 years' time. Uh, Are you still with me? Just about, yes. I'm just about still with myself. Over the course of the episode, the children will begin to learn from the Alphans, but not quite enough to prevent the Observer from deciding that they must be destroyed. Ooh, jeopardy. Yeah. This would all be resolved by one or possibly both children making the ultimate act of self-sacrifice. Children killing themselves. Excellent. um, Really cheery stuff. Um, But, of course, this would prove to the Observer that humanity isn't all bad uh, and that his people can live in peace with their human neighbours, in fact. The Alphans will be returned to the moon and allowed to go on their way with the certain knowledge that there is a new home waiting out for them somewhere. All they have to do is find it. Yeah, okay. That's nice, isn't it? Yes. So that all sounds like a pretty interesting way to shake up the series, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Why did this not happen? Why didn't it go into production? And why isn't it an episode that we've all watched a thousand times? Well, you tell me. I'm going to. Children of the Gods was written between seasons of Space 1999 by writer Johnny Byrne. He wrote three scripts during this time. The Biological Computer, which was eventually filmed as The Metamorph. Mm -hmm. The Face of Eden, which was eventually filmed as The Immunity Syndrome. And Children of the Gods. Ah. Now, according to him... Dad claimed that Children of the Gods was one of the best scripts he had ever read. Crikey. But oh look, who's that striding slightly aggressively and inappropriately towards our story? Ah, <laughs> oh, second season producer, Fred Freiberger. Uh-oh. <laughs> now, Fred felt rather differently. In fact, he thought that the script didn't fit the show's revised format and instead asked Johnny to write an alternative story which was the last of the Psychons, which was filmed as the show's final episode, The Dorkons. Uh, okay. Now, according to Johnny, the Children of the Gods script got lost in the production shuffle. He didn't keep a copy, and so it looks like it is lost to time. Mm. However, it was later adapted as part of Powis Media's Space 1999 novel range. So there you go. Uh, Were wow. you aware of Children of the Gods, uh, Podstrons? Children of the Godstrons. Godstrons. I got very confused there. Uh, You did, brother. (laughs) Oh, dear. So, yes, were you aware of it? What do you think it would have been like? Do you think it would have been too meta? Get it. Too confusing? Mm -hmm. Does that knowledge change the Alphans' approach to a future world? And might they reach somewhere and think, oh, we're supposed to settle here, and then they don't, and then that changes the entire thing that's happened to them? I mean, Mm. yeah, we we don't know. Cause and effect and all that sort of stuff, and uh, Mm. uh, perhaps the uh, Blenovich limitation effect. Uh, Might have come into play, yes. Yeah, who knows? 
So there you go. It sounds quite fun though, and it's kind of it would be a really nice way to have a you'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, as well as having a cool story. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, have we approached this subject before? When did they know during the shooting of Space 1999 Season 2 that it was going to be the last? Or did they not know while they were sh- I don't think they knew until yeah. fairly close to the end, I suspect. Right, right. I mean, the, the writing must have been on the wall to some degree. Mm. But, uh, mm. yeah. Mm. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, Fred, Fry- Fred Freiberger strikes again. I'm sure uh, annoying many Space 1999 fans, even now. Yes, of course he is. So they go, but maybe, <laughs> maybe Big Finish could do Children of the Gods. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow, that would be good. For their Space 1999 audios. That would be interesting, yeah, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Uh, I will immediately go and have a chat with Nick Briggs and uh, see if that might be on the roster. Excellent idea. I think it could be rather fun. Anyway, any other season finales that you've heard of or that you would have liked to have seen, Postrons, we'd love to hear from you. Podcast at jerryanderson.com. Mm-hmm. But I guess until next time, that brings us very neatly to the end of this week's Finale <laughs> Facts. I couldn't think of a single word, <laughs> not even the word uh, fab. No, I know you couldn't. Well, that's, I mean, that's a really nice, appropriate fab fact to end fab facts on isn't it so that was really nice tying it all up unfortunately for you richard james it turns out that fred freiberger has cancelled (laughs) this as the last episode of fab facts which means we've just got to continue forever oh no do you mean there's going to be a series two yeah year two but we'll it's it's not going to be quite so successful don't worry we'll we'll reframe it facts are boring (laughs) we don't want to have facts we want to have made up things Fab's a very old word. Uh, let's yeah, just bring right. in something a bit more interesting and hip and with it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I look forward to the new theme tune. Yes, uh, absolutely. We'll 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 get um, well. We can't, we're not Derek Wadsworth in, but uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll get a new composer in. And uh, yeah, year two of Fab Facts is going to be much better. Now, talking of composing, <laughs> uh, our lovely Podstrons have been composing have they? emails. Oh, yes, okay. which they've been sending into podcast at jerryanson.com, and I'm about to read some of them out. Please do. I'd love that. Right, this one, for example, is from Hugh Porter, who says, Hi, Richard, Jamie, Chris, and other members of Anderson Entertainment. Also, hello, Podstrons. Hope you're having a wonderful day. I'm just emailing in to say that I was finally able to watch Jerry Anderson, A Life Uncharted, the documentary, after a year of waiting. And I've got to say, I absolutely loved it. And yes, as warned by other Podstrons, I did have a tear, uh, a few tears at the end. Excellently produced. On a brighter note, I loved the behind-the-scenes look within the documentary, explaining about using the deep fake and not trying to force anything that Jerry wouldn't say, etc. Also, I loved how Ben brought Elmo onto set. Uh, I thought that was funny and it made me chuckle a bit, but it was uh, a really important and a good thing to do. And for me, that was the fab fact for the week. Also, he says, I'm very excited for the re-release of Joe 90 as a soundtrack. Sorry, Jamie. Uh, I can't wait to hear all of it every single second. Oh. Mm. Well, Lastly, but, uh, yep, but, but not least, says Hugh, a question in particular for Jamie. When you're discussing future ideas or are procrastinating with a project, what <laughs> motivates you to move on and keep going? I'm currently working on some short films and small creative content, but I'm having trouble keeping on going or finding motivation. Sorry for the long email, but I haven't emailed in ages and I can't wait to see what's next in the Anderson pipeline. I've done it before and I will do it again. Uh, hashtag Firestorm, hashtag Ring of Fire audio. Book, hashtag Space Precinct Vault Book, hashtag Stingray Vault Book, hint, hint. Kind regards, Hugh Porter. Well, mm. what keeps you going, Jamie? What gets you out of bed in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes I'm not sure. Mm. Um, but for the for the most part, it's just it's the knowledge that 
you know, these all these big things take a long time. They do, yes. And you must contend with 999 no's in order to achieve your yes. Mm. So every no takes you a step mm. further. And you know that, that uh, you may have seen that really lovely cartoon. It's a cutaway of a guy uh, mining, digging for diamonds. Right. Have you seen the one? No. And there's two versions stacked on top of the other. Uh, in one, uh, you see that the miner has given up after digging his long tunnel and has, has turned around. Um, okay. But the diamond is just millimetres away from where he finished his scene. Nice. Uh, so basically, it's only over when you give up and walk away. Well, that's very good. It's only yeah. over when you when you say it's over. That's right. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's just the whole thing of um, taking an idea and making it real for other people to experience and enjoy is just so intoxicating it's impossible to leave behind i think yeah yeah it's true however long that may take yeah indeed uh clive lewis says dear mitch and oink hmm. hang on <laughs> uh yeah no, it's not uh, he says i've just been re-watching red dwarf 12 and came across a documentary about halliford studios the documentary features nigel stone who is the director of photography for the model sequences for red dwarf 12 and nigel talks about working for Derek meddings and jerry anderson and says that there's a definite link and a spirit to red dwarf that's mm. in the tradition of the model effects used in those series yes. and that the men themselves would like what he was doing then senior model maker Andy Rolf mentions being lucky enough to work with Jerry too. This obviously made me curious if Jerry had ever seen Red Dwarf and if so, what he thought of it. Also, given this connection, what does this mean, or rather does this mean that Red Dwarf is now part of the Jerry Anderson universe? I can't wait, says Clive, <laughs> to see the boys from the Dwarf happening across Moonbase Alpha and what John Koenig and Helena Russell would make of them. Also, given second technician Arnold Rimmer's Captain Scarlet-inspired costume in Series 3, I always like to imagine Starbug being attacked by the Mistron and being told to smeg off. Keep up the fantastic podcast and deep joy, S-I-G-F-A-B, and smoke me a kipper. I'll be back for breakfast. That's from Clive Lewis. <laughs> when worlds Whoa. collide, Clive. That's right. Um, yeah, I don't think that Red Dwarf is part of uh, the Andiverse, mm. I'm afraid. Uh, that's not a, not the thing. Mm. I mean, St uh, Starbug was green, allegedly, as a homage to Thunderbird 2, for example. Okay. Uh, yeah. And obviously Peter Rag was the, the, the visual effects, model effects guy on, on there uh, for, well, I think, uh, right until, until he passed away, I believe. Right, right, yeah. So there's lots of... Um, there's lots of Anderson stuff in there. And then Mike Tucker obviously worked on a lot of Red Dwarf um, mm -hmm. and has got his, his sort of Anderson connections and inspiration. So, yeah, it's everywhere uh, and only right. But I, I think Dad may have watched it, but probably didn't quite appreciate the humour. Right, really. Is yeah. my thinking. Yeah. 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 Because it didn't take itself seriously enough, do you think? He wouldn't have liked that. Well, he, he liked humour, but I think it was maybe a bit um, out there for him. OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Chris Yost says, Gentlemen and Mr. Dale. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I found some Jerry Anderson references in some older BBC shows. Oh, good, I like these. In an episode of Keeping Up Appearances, Richard has had early retirement forced upon him. In one episode, he's in the driveway polishing his car when his brother-in-law Onslow drops by with the good intention of getting him away from his wife and the tedium and off to the pub. Richard explains he can't get away and Onslow replies, never fear, international rescue is here. Then uh. takes the rag of polish, puts them in the car and takes Richard away for a pint. In the second season, sorry, series episode of Chef, 
oh, I think that was with Lenny Henry. Yeah. Chef Blackstock's wife Janet has set him up to be on a talk show and uh, that he'd never heard of, despite it being the most popular show of its kind on television. As he never thinks of anything but work, he explains to her the last time I watched television, Tawtree the Battery Boy was prime time viewing. <laughs> Uh, the final third season uh, episode, uh, Chef Blackstock's wife left him and he's been trying to win her back, only to run into another woman that he likes as well. Speaking to a priest in confession, he explains that his situation is, uh, is uh, rather, he explains his situation as well as that he saw her with another man. And the priest asks him what he thinks is going to happen and Chef tells him anything can happen and then smiles and says in a dry voice, Anything can happen in the next half hour. And ask the priest if he remembers Stingray. That's all. Congratulations on 250 pods. Please don't ever stop from Chris Yost. Wow. <laughs> really? Nishi, niche, 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 as Absolutely. we used to say. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's all out there, is it? It is part of our culture now. Oh, yeah. I mean, know, it's, it's everywhere. But I mean, quite often we're watching the, the telly and something crops up. I mean, what did I see recently? Clarkson's Farm. He oh, referred yeah. to one of his tractors as Thunderbird 4, I think. Yeah, okay, uh, that's right. Watching, um, what's the Greg Davis uh, show? Oh, uh, the Cleaner? No, the other one, the older oh. one. Uh, Taskmaster? No, the, the the other sitcom one. A man Down? Yes, Man Down. Ah, uh, right. And he, I think he calls his mum Zelda from Terrorhawks. Nah, so, yeah, you know, good. they are, the, the, the mentions are everywhere. It's, it's culturally uh, impossible to escape, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, we've recently been talking about the Protectors TV series, the Jensen Interceptor car. Oh, yes, we have. You're and right. Where, and where is it now? Yes. We were asking. Well, Phil had got in touch to say, I own the Protectors TV series Jensen Interceptor. Ah, amazing. Uh, that's with the registration plate BEA. 898J. It's Barclay Brown and was under Group 3 Productions in 1971. The car is in the north of England, Barrow in Furness, Cumbria. Ah. For your reckons. Amazing. Records. Thank you, Phil. Well, Cheers, thanks, Phil. Phil. That's great to know. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Glad to say it's, it's, it's uh, safe and sound and yeah. hopefully being enjoyed by someone. Isn't it amazing that yeah. uh, you, know, you put out a request on the podcast and suddenly yeah. here we are. There it is. Now we just need to find slow mo. Yes. <laughs> let's, let's see how we go on with that one. Yeah, okay. Uh, all for now, but do keep your emails coming in to uh, po- podcast at jerryanderson.com. What were you going to say and, there? And I, I was going to say panderson at jerry. Yes, oh, no. but let's not go down that route. Podcast at jerryanderson.com, and I shall read them out next time. Very good. Looking forward to it already. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, would you like some Jerry Anderson news? Is there some Jerry Anderson news? Uh, no, so let's move on. Oh, fair enough. Uh, now, of course, there's Jerry Anderson Way! news. Here's the Jerry Anderson news. Yes, indeed. It's once again another dose of the news, 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 news. Uh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't quite there. It's yet. what they but expect. No, yes. but it's what they expect. Good. So Good. you know, fine, 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 fine. Yeah. fine. Good. Well done. Uh, yes, indeed. Well, it's the tenth today. It is, which means we're continuing part of our ten months of Terrorhawks. Yes. Uh, so check out the YouTube channel. I believe we have something Terrorhawksy for you there. But Excellent. we are heading rather rapidly towards Jerry Anderson Day 2023, the 14th of April. Well, wow, that's this week. Indeed, yes. Mm. Uh, it's uh, uh, Dad's birthday. Mm. So um, it's the day we celebrate all things Anderson. Uh, we've got some interesting treats arriving for you this week. 
Haven't we, Richard James? Yes, we have, yes! All right, give this me. I think it's almost like people could tell what it is just from the pitch that you reached there. Oh, you think? It's like giving it away. No, it's fine. But there's a trailer, should be a trailer dropping for one of the, well, the the big exciting thing tomorrow, we hope. Great, Um, great. And I have to say, it's something that a lot of people have been asking for. It is, yes. The, Haven't they, the, over the, the years? The officer orange underpants are finally going into <laughs> mass production. No, they're not. Uh, but yes, I think you'll be excited. I'm excited. We also have for you a free supercar audiobook performed by our very own randomizer himself, randomizer oh, himself, Chris Dale. Great. We also have the Joe 90 soundtrack being released, as Hugh mentioned earlier on, which is, which is great because the music from Joe 90 is great. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a live stream coming up on the 21st of April, which may be of some strong interest to Space 1999 fans. I'm told there is another soundtrack announcement coming uh, later in the week as well. Oh, wow. There's a huge amount of stuff going on. Yeah. Now, every Friday for the rest of April, as you may have seen on the Friday Just Gone, we have a farewell Friday where we're saying goodbye to a bunch of designs uh, on the Jerry Anderson store, hoodies, t-shirts, etc. Now this mm-hmm. is because we are moving to a new warehouse very, very shortly. Uh, when we move to the warehouse and activate a few exciting new things, we will be making it much easier for those of you outside of the UK to get hold of your Jerry Anderson goodies. Mm-hmm. So stand by for uh, further action on that. Uh, also, for those of you in the UK, uh, we will have additional delivery options, hopefully uh, even quicker delivery in many cases, and it should all be kind of even even more efficient. So we're looking forward to that happening. But before we make, make the move, we need to clear out some stock and get rid of some bits and pieces. So keep an eye right. out every Friday for our Farewell Friday offers. There's so much stuff happening uh, around Jerry Anderson Day and this particular thing, which you probably will know by tomorrow or the day after. Uh, I'm very excited about that. But I think that's a lot of amorphous stuff. So let's wrap it all up and say that's the end of this week's Jerry Anderson News. That was the news. Dogs barking in the background. News. <laughs> that was Twiggy, sorry. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be the Jerry Anderson podcast without a dog or two barking in the background. No, I don't know why Twiggy decided she wants to bark now, but she says hi. <laughs> very good, excellent. Now, before we go any further, I've just got a few words to say because, uh, <clears throat> frankly, I'm very disappointed. Really? Well, I understand there are still some Podstrons that listen every week mm. but have yet to subscribe to the Jerry Anderson podcast. <sighs> They've yet to leave a review and a rating, oh. as we call it, a rating. Mm. They've yet to leave us a five-star little message and a few words telling us how much they enjoy the show. And they've yet to share it with all their friends on social media so they get to oh. listen to, which I think is very selfish of them. I agree. Don't you? Yes. So, very disappointing. Uh, here's your opportunity, Podstrons. If you haven't yet subscribed, do it now. If you haven't yet left us a rating, well, do it now. Mm. And if you haven't yet told the world that you're listening to and enjoying the Jerry Anderson podcast, do it now. Okay. All right? I'm doing it right now. I've not left a rating. Okay, so. excellent. Right, well, we're covered. Anyway, uh, now, meanwhile, over on our Facebook group, people have been very busy posting pictures of their merch and their cosplay and just chatting all things Jerry Anderson, which is just the way we'd like it. For mm. example, uh, Stuart James Lusher said, Evening, Podstrons. I was watching Thunderbirds The Uninvited and End of the Road on DVD this evening in memory of Shane Rimmer, voice uh, of Scott Tracy, who yeah. we lost four years ago. Goodness Can me. you believe it? Yeah, it doesn't feel like that long, does it? That's amazing, wow. four years. I know. Yeah, uh, I was re-listening to the podcast with Pod15 today on my way to work this morning and I thought I'd add a few photos of the programmes and films he was in. And uh, Stuart Lusher did exactly that. Some nice pictures of uh, Shane Rimmer in action. 
from various TV shows and films. Very nice. Yeah. Gosh, Shane. Well, what a loss. Uh, Andrew Hyde says, OK, here's an odd connection and uh, maybe worth examining, uh, but just sat down to see an old, uh, rather a new HD version of Carry On Sergeant, a classic I haven't seen in years. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yep. And it looks great in HD, but on the titles, it says the titles were made by Pentagon Film Titles Limited. Is this the same Pentagon films that would go on to become AP films? And eventually Century 21 films? A nice little connection between two great British institutions of film, if it's true. I don't think don't it's know. true. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I think really? Pentagon Films and Pentagon Film titles are very are different. I, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I could be wrong, yeah. but I don't yeah, think... Sure. That's the case. Sorry. No, fair no. Uh, Morty Vickers is celebrating reaching the quarter kilo pod, a five-year mission that is now a continuing mission. I've listened right from number one. I've never, never missed an episode, and I've enjoyed every single one. Mm. Really? Wow. Uh, looking back, says Morty, the best thing has been to know that we've come together to show our appreciation to the actors and creative talent. What might have been a week's work for some of them 55 years ago, and maybe getting forgotten, formed part of the stories from the worlds that we love. Some of us have made our homes in the worlds of Jerry Anderson for over 60 years and we won't ever be leaving. My personal favourite episodes were Pods 130 and 131 from December 2020. Dr. Matthew Sweet. Uh, and I've come mm. to appreciate the other aspects of his work since discovering him from the podcast. Well done to the team for getting here, taking an idea with maybe uncertain beginnings, as you say, to the worldwide phenomenon we have now. Still <laughs> that's, groundbreaking. That's very grand, isn't it? Yeah. Still groundbreaking new tech like the Life Uncharted documentary and not missing even one date despite weather, pandemic, strikes, and upheaval. A big well done to everyone at Anderson Entertainment. Well, isn't that lovely? Yeah, great. Haven't we done well? Uh, And Rebecca Andrews, on a similar theme, said uh, huge congratulations to Jamie, Richard, Chris, Ben and the team on 250 podcasts. It doesn't seem that long ago that we were celebrating 150 pods. Uh, Thank you all so much for all the FAB content and amazing merch, for keeping us potters going and for keeping the legacy alive, enabling there to be brand new Anderson stuff being made right now here's to the best 250 and beyond and it goes on james charles munro congrats on reaching 250 podcasts here's to the next 250 we'll never let you leave <laughs> anyway i do feel a little disappointed that i wasn't around during the plot of peril days they were some fun writing prompts, says James. <laughs> yeah, but they were for a couple of weeks, yeah. And yeah. for today's randomizer, I did always find it a little bit funny how poorly the craft Stingray performs in her initial showing. Yes. Hmm. Well, you don't want to have the perfect super vehicle straight away, do you? No, fair enough. Uh, and finally, here's a fun one from Robert M. Casty, who posted Podder's Art Challenge Captain Scarlet End Credits Paintings, but Stupid. And he goes on to explain, Captain Scarlet goes through some pretty terrifying and deadly situations in those beautiful end credits paintings. But based on a suggestion in tonight's Potter's Zoom chat, let's see if you lovely, artistically talented Potters can do some more ridiculous situations that could potentially lead to Scarlet's death. Slipping on a banana peel, sticking a fork into his toaster while it's plugged in, (laughs) tweeting something offensive while sporting a troll face. The possibilities are endless. So come on, Potterons, let's see your ideas up on the Facebook group. I'm seeing a dramatic paper cut. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad one, is it? Yeah. yeah. Or, yes, or a horrifically stubbed toe. Ooh. Or, or maybe, maybe we can revisit that old idea of thinking that you've got to the last step 
but actually, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine Captain Scarlet going through that. How do you, how do you illustrate that in a in a in a Ron Embleton painting? Well, we'll find out. Let's leave it to the Podstrons. Okay, Podstrons. Let's see what they can come up with. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> cool to see that. Yeah, but if you're online and if you're a member of Facebook, well, why not join the Facebook group and uh, join in the fun? Yes, why not? Why not? <clears throat> Literally can't hear any any reasons why not. No, no, no. no. Okay, fine. No. Well, off you go then. Yeah. Good. Would you like some interview? Yes. <laughs> Gosh, dramatic pause. <laughs> How'd you worry? <clears throat> you really did. Anyway, uh, well, Gordon Tracy, hmm. Alan Tracy, hmm. more guest characters than you can shake a stick at. Uh, yes, that's true. Well, uh, Joe Jameson is responsible for all of those. Uh, <gasps> he's a mega talented voice actor and narrator of over 400 audiobooks. Get away. Okay. Wow. Bye. Uh, but no, 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 come back. Joe is best known to Ander fans for his work on uh, the Thunderbirds range of audiobooks. And uh, Joe is back for the second and final part of his chat with me. So here's Joe Jameson joining us once again. Enjoy this FAB interview. Okay, so well, this all, all led to you doing some plenty of big finished work and then being recommended by Nick Briggs. And then yeah. we spoke and all that sort of good stuff. And, and now who you are, you're Alan and Gordon. Which is kind of lovely, uh, and you know, there's the there's a very natural thing of the of the doubling up for voices or tripling up as there was in classic Thunderbirds. We've not gone down the same exactly the same route. Yeah. So we said, okay, Joe, yeah, this is great. Ha- really happy with the samples. We went through a couple of iterations of of kind of tweaking voices and stuff because you know you know you said already you're not a um, a mimic, and we didn't ask well, you to to mimic. You know, there's no, there no. you know there are some voices which are m- closer. In inverted commas to the original, but the whole thing is to have a the, yeah. the feeling to it should feel the feel the same, but not be the same. I suppose is what yeah. we're going for. So when you when you go off and when you went off initially to find Alan and Gordon's voices, yeah, what is that like, and how do you n- not end up going down a path of tr- trying to mimic really closely? And because I mean, I, I suspect that that. You end up putting quite a lot of pressure on yourself potentially, and then limiting your performance. So, what was the process yeah. for those? Well, I guess that's the risk: is that if you try too hard to, to just sound like like the originals, then, like you say, when you come to a script that that they never did, that's a brand new script, it's going to slightly limit on the choices that you can make because you think, oh, but you know, maximum wouldn't have said it like that, and mm. well, that's okay because for this story, that you know, I think it's okay to to you know have a slightly different take on it. I guess initially I did go back and listen and watch mm. watch them because that's an obvious starting point. Um I think also when you're playing two characters who, you know, in lots of scenes are talking to each other, you need to find a way of of making them different enough. So it's obvious it's obvious that they're two different characters, but not make them caricatures and not kind of yep. do like, you know, one speaks really with a really high pitched voice, and one speaks with a really deep voice, and one speaks really fast, and the other speaks really slow. You have to kind of it has to still be real, right? So yeah, I guess that was the that was my starting point. I think to be honest, I I think it wasn't until we did the first I can't remember what the first script was now, but Terror, Terror from the Stars was your first Terror from the Stars, uh, audiobook. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I I was that the one. I've got a feeling Alan and Gordon weren't in. That a huge amount is that right? Uh, it's and probably I think it right. Yeah, the second one where 
Because I remember Peru. the second one thinking, oh, I feel like I've really, I've really found it now. Like I feel like I've kind of slightly, I've, I've kind of found the voice, mm. the voice. Because I think sometimes as well, it's, it's, you want to hear it against everyone else, and, and suddenly you've got the cast in the room, or actually, the, for the first ones, we're obviously remote, but you've got the cast in your ears, and you're talking to each other, and. So yeah, I, I I don't know that I have a process where I'm like, right, this is how I find the voice. I think it's a it's a kind of combination of of listening to things, playing around, trying things out until something settles. I guess. Yeah, yeah. And are, are there any particular characteristics of those two, of Alan and Gordon, that inform the voice? I mean, they you know relative ages. They're kind of ability to cope with stress which obviously all the Tracy brothers can cope very well with stress but they cope differently oh, cool. i suppose yeah yeah um, i mean they're both quite cheeky i think aren't they which um <laughs> i like playing with um mm -hmm. i mean my alan was my favorite as a kid uh really again made it yeah. even because well, thunderbird 3 was my favorite thunderbird that's a, that's a rare pick is it? No, I must Is that say, rare bit? Yeah, it's like you and you and Ellen Rose, the YouTuber, I think, are the only two I can remember uh -huh. who've said Thunderbird 3 on this podcast in five years. So Really? You're I a think rare beast indeed. Yeah. I used to have a little I mean, I think I have models of all of them, but I I remember the number I remember the Thunderbird three the best. Right. Uh, and also Alan was a he was a uh, motor racing driver, right? Like yeah, he, yes. <laughs> and I used to love motor racing as a kid. So okay, you know, he was just he was pretty cool, wasn't he? In fact, I, I, just I mean, reminding me of an episode. I would they say it's debatable if Alan was cool, but yeah, please, I think yeah. he's really cool. <laughs> Each their own, Joe. Each their own. Uh, sorry, you were you were going to say there was a, a, an episode uh, that that suddenly sprung to mind. Sort of, just, oh, I think I might have watched an episode. Before we did the audio of um, of him going off to a race, maybe there's two episodes. Is there an episode where he goes off to a race and then gets stuck on a bridge with with grandma? Uh, yes. Like, and there's a and there's a bomb on the bridge. Yeah, well, there's always a bomb somewhere, isn't there? There's a bomb. Yeah, and yeah. Um, anyway, I don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about that, but that, um, that, that that's I, one I, of the reasons I, you I, thought he was cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's, he's a he's a formula, he's a he's a motor racing driver. That's the coolest thing ever. Okay. So yeah, I stand by it. Alan is cool. Alan is really cool. Okay. And what about Paul Gordon? Now you just you know sung Alan's praises for several minutes. He's Gordon. Which one's he? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Sunderbird Four is also pretty cool. So I also okay. think Gordon is pretty cool. Okay. Um, this works no. out really well for you playing the coolest characters in your mind, doesn't well, it? Well, it's like they're all pretty cool, right? I mean, yeah. they're Thunderbirds. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Gordon, there was a script that we did where uh, where there was loads of Thunderbird 4 action. And I, that's, I think that's another brilliant thing about Thunderbirds, going back to your earlier question, wow. is the way that actually they could all, and they do, they all can have their own story. They yep. all get them. That every you know each episode could kind of really focus on one of them, and they could almost all have their own show in a way. Like their Thunderbird for the fact that all the Thunderbirds are so different and have such different jobs, and yeah, Thunderbird Four is under the sea. I mean, they've got all so the bases cool. covered. They've got and yeah, and 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 on audio we can go anywhere because there's no budgetary limitations uh, in terms <laughs> of locations or sets yeah. to build or models to be created. So that that kind yeah. of helps, doesn't it? 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So at the start of this process, you were, as you say, recording remotely. Yeah. How, how have things evolved over time then in, in terms of the, the feeling between the team and the chemistry and how the recording process has changed? Yeah, so it was quite strange the first the first recording because, like you said, we were all on we were all over Zoom or Clean Feed or whatever it was. Yeah, all in our kind of makeshift COVID ready cupboard studios. Yes, and the first the first couple that we did, I never did anything with with John or Jen. Mm. They did all their stuff separately, so it wasn't until the last batch that we uh, we even met. Or even that I really even heard John and John and Jen. And when I heard <laughs> Jen's lady melody, I was just like, "Oh my god, this is this is incredible!" Yeah. Uh, so it was so lovely to finally come together. And when we did that batch, the last the last set of stories, the way I mean, I'm sure everyone probably knows this already. Cause I'm sure someone else has already said, but we did it like a radio play. Each story we. We would do. We would kind of start at the beginning, press record, and just just do it, and then do some notes, have a chat about it, and then do it again. And it was I've never done that before. Yeah. So used to kind of doing, you know, we'll do the scene, then we'll do the scene again, and actually we pick up that line, and it was so lovely to just do it all as. Um, and it was quite surreal because John. I mean, everyone is so brilliant. Everyone is so good. But I mean, sitting there listening to. Especially the scenes with, you know, Parker and Eddie Penelope. The little boy in me was just like, is this for real? This is, this <laughs> is that. Like, I, I feel like I, yeah, this is very strange. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, I've got a line. I've got, to, I've got to do a line. I've got to do a scene. Like, oh, God, how am I going to. So it was so much fun. It was so much fun. And uh, yeah, I, I think those COVID days were. We all felt so grateful to still be working and doing something and being able to kind of being able to kind of carry on doing bits that there was almost a kind of an exhilaration from that. It was just kind of, oh my yeah. God, we're all at home, all over the country doing doing this. But it's it's way more fun to all be together in the studio. It is, isn't it? There's there, there's, yeah. de there's definitely a chemistry, the cheeky little li looks and nods, I'm sure, particularly between uh, John and Genevieve. I think, you know, the, the chemistry uh, so between those two is is great and yeah. and so perfect for that pairing. And the ad libs and stuff that they were that they were doing, you know, and uh, you can't really do that that stuff on Zoom quite as well, can you? Because someone talks over you, and then and then yeah. there's a delay on the line, and so something doesn't land, and then it, it's just all a bit kind of clunky. Whereas, yeah, if you're all in the room together, it's 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 great. Yeah, and that's so much more like well, it's how they would have done it in the '60s as well. So, you know, yeah. you're you're doing it in a pretty authentic way other than they would have all been around a single, a single mic and stepping in to to do their lines yeah, yeah. um so when you are doing it then and you say like your inner seven-year-old or whatever is kind of it must be <laughs> must be visualizing the the show are you, are you are you feeling kind of the the visuals as you go along i mean yeah i guess so yeah like i i mean I, it's funny because i remember um during one of the COVID recordings, Benji playing in the music, the uh, you know the iconic tune, yeah, and having this moment of like, oh my god, this is so bizarre that we're doing that we're doing thunder. <laughs> and then similarly, being in the studio and hearing because Jen's Jen's done that amazing thing where she's she's really nailed the kind of 
the sort of speech impediment of yeah the ro- ro- roticism or is the roticism i never know where he's supposed yeah, no, to say yeah, it. no, it's it's kind of and I, it was really honestly it, it was quite captivating to, oh. to watch them i mean and the other i mean they're all sort of wayne as well wayne is so good at, at switching between characters and uh yeah it's it felt just like such a privilege to be in a room watching these people do do that stuff and then occasionally i had to you know, throw a line in, and and then I'd sit by down again and carry on watching. <laughs> yeah, I had to remember yeah. to do do yeah. the bits you're supposed to do and read the, read the <laughs> words, say the words, and uh, exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I, this is sort of like grading his report card, but um, you you've been directed along the way by Sam Sam Clemens, son of the yeah. late great Brian Clemens. So you know, we're yeah. we're keeping the dynasty of nepotism going <laughs> as much as possible. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so what, yeah. what's what's Sam like and what is his style with, with you guys? Because some people like, obviously, Nick, Nick Briggs, we know he messes around all the time. You know, <laughs> you'll, finish, you'll finish a very serious scene and then he'll say something really stupid and childish yeah. over the tall back and everybody will laugh. And that's his way of keeping the kind <laughs> of the energy up and keeping you refreshed yeah. between takes. What's, yeah. what's Sam's style like? Oh, Sam's great. I, I'd never worked with Sam before. I, I I don't think we'd met either, but we I sort of knew him because of the big finish scene and the you know um but we've never worked together before and he's i mean he's so great he's he it's all very light-hearted and you know a bit like what we were saying earlier everyone's very aware that that we're kind of very lucky that this gets to be our job and we get to come in and, and kind of be silly and tell some stories and yeah it's all he keeps it all very light there's lots of lots of jokes but he's also he's brilliant at kind of throwing in a a piece of direction quite casually and it completely changing what you're doing with the scene uh-huh. and it and it working and being like oh god i would never have thought of of playing it like that which is exactly what you want in a in a director you know you you feel very safe with him which is the most important thing there you go um, you can get it wrong and he he might laugh at you but <laughs> F, that's also fine right like it's like <laughs> it feels like a safe space where everyone is everyone can play and and you know have a go and and try stuff and there's nothing worse than being a in a whether it's a rehearsal room or a studio or on a set where you feel kind of uptight and nervous that you have to get it right and everything needs to be you know this way and because you're never going to be good if you do that you're yeah. never going to be able to do that and he cultivates a really lovely environment to work in so so yeah he's great big fan I mean it really doesn't sound like work at all does it uh, when you really. describe it that way <laughs> well I'm I'm glad to hear it because that's that's the kind of thing that I think keeps it all gelled and keeps it fun and keeps people wanting to come back yeah uh so assuming you will come back we're definitely yes. looking at doing some more I mean are there any places that you would like Alan and Gordon to go any types of stories that you'd like to get involved with or Maybe we could do a, a motor racing story. That would be fun. <laughs> and I think it's oh, really important that um, for research that, that Jerry Anderson send me to, you know, probably the Monaco Grand Prix. Just to, <laughs> Monaco, yeah, that's, that's yeah. only right that you should get the full, I think so, yeah, with the full experience. Just to really make sure I can, I can kind of play it truthfully. Yeah, yeah. Um, Otherwise, it would be impossible for you to imagine <laughs> what it would like to be to drive a car yeah. fast, Joe, I'm sure. No yes. idea what? Okay, well, we'll see what we can do on on the Let's budget. Uh, it <laughs> might it might be more like a, a golf cart around the industrial estate of North Acton, where the <laughs> studio is. But we'll hey, I'll take that. That's, yeah, that's okay. Uh, yeah. Beggars, beggars can't be choosers, especially Alan yeah. Tracy. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Joe, like, there's been brilliant because we, we've got a real insight into why it works for you, why voice acting works, the kind of the connection through to Alan and Gordon. And I'm really, I'm really glad there's that that through line in your in your life from seven year old Joe to now no, and, and so being being those Tracy brothers. So there's definitely more stuff on the way. So you'll be back watching John and Jen and occasionally saying, saying some lines in due course. If listeners would like to find you online, where is the best place for them yeah. to do that? Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not very good at it, but I'm trying to get better. <laughs> I can't even remember what my um, handle is. Hold on. It is... This, this is the sort of stuff where you should have your little soundbite at the end of all interviews where you go, you can follow me here. Yeah. I'm currently performing <laughs> in this and uh, my latest recording <laughs> for Audible is out well, whatever. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not really, I'm a bit scared of social media, but I'm, I'm trying to get better at it. Um, but I'm, I'm Joe underscore underscore Jameson. Two underscores. Yes. Yes. Okay. Apparently there's already a Joe underscore Jameson. Don't know who that oh. is, but. Terrible. Yeah. How dare they? Yeah. Okay. So wanted... Joe underscore underscore Jameson. Uh, and any recent things that are out that you think people should listen to you in? Or um... any, any favorites they should go hunting down other than the five Thunderbirds releases so far, of course? They're the main ones, yeah. I've done a couple of things recently for Games Workshop, which has been quite fun. Um, yeah. You've got to ask me what they're called. And I... Don't worry. Oh, don't worry. We're not, we're not interested in giving a gaze yeah, yeah. any plugs, Joe. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, the thing is, especially with audiobooks, I find that if I'm doing kind of multiple, like one after the other, uh, about two weeks after I've recorded one, I have a, a bit of a mind blank. And I'm like, what was that book? <laughs> I can't actually remember what it was. And until someone tells, oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, cool voice. I, feel, I think it must be a kind of like brain space thing where it's like, right, I've only got room for, you know, for like 60 voices. So I'll remember them here and then yep. I'm on to the next job now. Get rid of them. Get rid yeah. of the plot. Don't do that anymore. That's yeah. totally fair. And also with Big Finish, sometimes you'll record stuff years in advance. I mean, I recorded a, a Tom Baker story, addressed it in 2019 and it's out in 2025. So, oh you know, if, some, if somebody's going to ask me in 2025, what was it like? I'm like, I can barely even remember a year ago, <laughs> let alone six years before. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All is, all is big events. So basically just Thunderbirds, Terror from the Stars, Peril in Peru, Operation Asteroids, Versus the Hood, yeah. and Fire and Fury. They're your recommendations. That's all you need. Yeah. Great. Good. Absolutely. I'm glad we established that. Uh, thanks, Joe, very much. I really enjoyed our <laughs> chat. Thanks so much, Terry. Thank you. So there you go. Thank you, Joe. Mm-hmm. What a talented, lovely chap. But do go and follow him on uh, Twitter. And maybe if he gets his act together, he'll be on Instagram at some point doing something. But for now, just search for Joe Jameson. Um, Great. If you would like to hear all of Joe's appearances so far and hear his Gordon and Alan, as well as John Colshaw's Jeff and Parker and Genevieve's wonderful Lady Penelope and all the others too, uh, you can grab yourself all the audio stories in one bundle at ander.son slash bundles. Mm. Sounds good. Mm. How's that? That's pretty good. Yeah, nice. Good. Uh, as, as lots of people have been doing, of course, because we know lots of people enjoyed the Thunderbirds audios. Yes. But, and I wonder how many people are coming to Thunderbirds for the first time via those audio adventures. Oh. Do you have any idea at all? Have you had any sort of correspondence of people saying, I've heard of Thunderbirds previously, never seen it, but uh, I've been listening to the audios and they're brilliant? Uh, I have not heard that mm. yet, but I mean, mm. it's possible that yeah, someone has done that. And if you are that person and you've now somehow made your way to the podcast, let us yeah. know. Podcast yeah. at jerryanderson.com. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fascinating. Now, over on YouTube, people have been commenting beneath our previous podcast, as they generally do, particularly uh, this week, our 250th, which was only a couple of weeks ago, uh, our wonderful live recording from the Moxie Hotel in Slough. Wasn't that fun? It was very fun. And thank you to the lovely Charlotte Serple. Yes. For filming and editing that. Yes, it came out rather <laughs> nicely, didn't it? Uh, Peter Dowling says, uh, a highlight for me each week, uh, the podcast allows me to recapture my childhood of watching TV. Everything from Twizzle through to Space 1999 when work got in the way. Hmm. Thank you, Jamie, Richard and Chris. Well, that's our pleasure, Peter. Ian Dealey said a very happy 250th podcast. I have to say, this one is the biggest yet. And it's great to see Chris Dale getting a bigger role this week, too. Yeah, it's always nice when we can get together as a the three of us, isn't it? Exactly. And, uh, <clears throat> not always easy to do. No, no, exactly. Uh, and finally, Dodge Morgan said, from the sublime to the ridiculous. Sorry, I meant to say remarkable. Uh, the Jerry Anderson podcast is the fix that all Jerry Anderson fans require to fulfil their needs with banter, fab facts, so loved by fan and thespian author and presenter Richard James, uh, startling news items delivered with Gusto by Jamie Anderson, plus in-depth interviews and a random Anderson episode dissected with love and humour by the knowledgeable Chris Dale. The most fun I've ever had on a cloudy Monday morning in my jammies. All this and in the flesh this time. Well done, guys, says uh, Dodge. I think that's Roger Morgan. So that's uh, yeah, nice message to have left. You can do the same if you find yourself uh, on the Jerry Anderson official YouTube channel. Do comment politely underneath all those wonderful uh, yeah, uh, podcasts, videos and uh, gosh, the... Uh, uh, the introductory primers that Chris has uh, done and all the Beyond Anderson items and interviews yeah, and know, episodes. So what, watch it all and comment on it. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you'd like to see. Uh, and I shall read out um, the more polite ones next time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll avoid the impolite ones. Yeah, at all yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of impolite ones, <laughs> yes, one of the least impolite people yeah, we know, exactly. Uh, yes, yes, see what I did there, is mm-hmm. uh, Christopher Randermeister Dale. That's his official name. Uh, I think he's changed it by Depol. Has he? Yeah, hmm. interesting. Okay. And if you haven't, Chris, then. Um, <laughs> Now might be able to get it done in time for Pod 253. <laughs> uh, no, the randomizer himself, he's here every week with his randomizer, which has a big red button on it. And when he presses it, or Marina presses it, or he gets a guest to press it, yeah. it spits out a tiny bit of paper, which you may have seen on the live podcast oh. that we recorded, Pod 250. Yes. And um, that uh, uh, inscribed upon that, I, so I went a bit slow-mo there, didn't I? Uh, 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 inscribed upon it <laughs> is uh, a series and episode title randomly chosen from uh, Jerry Henderson's back catalogue. And Chris yeah. watches it and he says things and people love hearing him say those things because they're often interesting, very often funny, um, mm. and very rarely dull. So with his interesting, funny and not dull randomizer, please welcome Chris Dale. Well, there you are, Joe. What do you think of it? It's terrific. Yes, isn't it just? And all you have to do is press this big red button right here. Can I do it, Dad? Oh, I suppose so. If you're sure you want to. Great. How did I do? Oh, just fine, Joe, as ever. And in a few moments, we'll get a printout telling us what Jerry Anderson episode I'll be watching this week. Smashing. That's it. So, what have we got, Joe? The gun. Ah, lovely stuff. Well done, Joe. Indeed. Here's Terrorhawks. Could we go fishing this afternoon, Dad? Yes, that's a good idea, Joe. Uh, can I come? Yes, but don't come crying to me if you get hurt. 
So, we welcome back to the randomizer. It's Terrorhawks. I can't remember the last time we were here, and I'm not going to look it up because this is quite an interesting start to the episode. <laughs> Young Star is making a plan. He's got uh, diagrams and things all over the place, and uh, he's even using like an ink pen with quill. <laughs> Despite Pluto's best efforts to disrupt his concentration. Constant interruption. But he's, yeah, this is, uh, I don't know if, if not the last gasp of young Star as, uh, actually, I suppose this is really the only, uh, only time in the series that he was presented as, uh, Zelda genuine intelligence, perhaps comparable to Zelda's. What had Zelda better not hear? <laughs> <laughs> still putting his foot in it, of course, but... I did not see you. He's still got that slightly refined way of... Relations are complete. ...of speaking there. You may discern. He's not quite yet at the stage of just shoveling food down his face all day long. Tell me, will it work? Only the unintelligent would doubt it. Oh. Keep your foot! Wow, that's, that's, um... Pot kettle black moment there from Youngstar. I have arranged a demonstration. I rather like this um, sophisticated, semi-intelligent Youngstar. Obviously, I love the later incarnation. A distant peak. But he's uh, he's very he's very articulate here, very verbose. Impressed. He set up a demonstration. Oh, a big old explosion. There was two cubes. Ah. And twenty. <laughs> Ah yes, his plan for this week is we have the cubes knocking around, and the cubes haven't really done all that much in the series so far. They've been they've been an occasional thorn in the side of of well mostly zero, but um, now it's it, it's nice to see the show. We're what ten episodes in. It's nice to see, I suppose Tony Barwick really sort of thinking about the ideas the. the characters that make up this world and the cubes were always you know they were always around but they were never a, a major part of any story well i tell you straight i think it's great so it's nice to to see them get a bit of uh, a bit more focus here i'm looking for another word for love in the second verse amour passion fascination attraction and this is five five uh, kate's personal assistant zeroid of you five five you're the one who talks mostly in rhyme in the series, I suppose the second half of the first season was was his time to shine, really, and then he, he disappeared for the second second series, which is a shame. I, I like the idea that there are lots of zeroids around the place, aside from Zero and, and later Dee's Wheat, but the which is something again this episode focuses quite heavily on. What is that? The other zeroids and their other personalities. So upon yourself to solve. Ooh. How to transport? Oh, the Zelda puppet is is capable of some really good reactions, and even in that shot there, she was the puppet was barely animated, but you could just sense this smouldering rage at Youngstar's comment there. <laughs> and now back to the food. Oh, pay attention and learn. But it's his plan, if he wants a snack... A moment. One of the Earth's comes space transporters is returning with its plunder. Yes, there's always a freighter in Terrorhawks AS4. Let no one doubt my power! Yes, there's always a freighter returning to Earth, just when a, a, a ship of Zelda's needs to uh, to shadow it or follow it to get through to Earth. And I think this is um, this model was probably reused several times um, for various minor ships 
in the series. But here we go, the Rhino is off to... to oh, they're going right up to the ship. And, ah, yes, they're going to send over... Well, no, first they're going to shoot it, of course, blow open an airlock. It looks like the same airlock we've seen on the side of Spacehawk, actually, in, in uh, previous episodes. Lovely little bits of detail on that model. And there go the army of cubes crossing over to the other ship. And even though it's obvious that the model is is set up vertically and the cubes are just being dropped in, when the shot is righted, it, it, it looks quite nice. I can't go on maintenance. Oh, no. How would you like your tea, Tiger? Slice of lemon, no sugar, thanks. Here's an interesting zeroid. The Scottish one. 6-6, um, six, six, never seen again after this scene, I don't think. Well, he might be seen, but he never speaks. Saw. What is it, Zero? We have a slight problem on the maintenance schedule, Saw. Well? Go ahead, 6-6. Six, six. Aye, it's a canny situation. Out of my own head, I mean, we got a wee notion. What did he say? He's Scottish, Saw. <laughs> What did he say? And all Tiger wants to do is enjoy a quiet moment of peace outside, with his sunglasses on, having a cup of tea and a slice of really unappealing-looking cake. Accents. Zero. I want all zeroids revoiced. Oh no. Standardized. You. Yes, this is one of the things that uh, people criticise Tiger for: the fact that he uh, he is so mean to the poor zeroids, and a lot of the time. I think it's generally targeted at zero, but here it's like, oh no, they're all going to lose their voices, uh, all except 101. This is uh, this is quite a, a serious a serious subplot, really, for this show. It's all these wonderful personalities and eccentricities are all going to be all going to be crushed. They all need to be uh, uniform. Lieutenant, we have a contact. All except for 101 here. It's a space transporter. Scan indicates a standard auto space four. An AS4. It's way off course. It's a very nice model. Einstein, I think we may have a problem. Right, hero. I'll contact Johnson. An AS4 has no crew, Doctor. It's an unmanned automatic bulk transporter. Hmm, hence the name. My question is why this one is a quarter of a million miles wide of its space corridor. It suffered slight external damage. We're checking oh, the... Oh, 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 there it is. There's my prop telephone that I own. Um, I have mentioned it in previous randomizers. It's there, I think, on, on Johnson's desk. It's just visible through a glass of water. What I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost certain that's it. I will chalk that up as another appearance of my prop telephone. Originally Sheriff Bull's telephone and later turning up all over the place in this show. Ah, I always like spotting my phone. I like my phone. <laughs> I know it's silly, but I, I just love having a, a couple of bits and pieces from this show. Ah. So Hawkwing is off to intercept the space transporter. Uh, I believe they are going to shoot it down, in fact. Against uh, Johnson's wishes. S4 now entering Earth's atmosphere. 1010, hero. Yeah, I'm sure I've seen this model in uh, in other episodes. Titanium ore is worth millions. You're taking a big chance, Tiger. Yeah, the Moonbase Alpha crew would love to get their hands on that titanium. They couldn't get enough titanium. Seek and destroy. 10-10. I've got it on the scan. Range 15 miles. Locking on. Fire at will. Firing now. Direct hit. Pretty slick. It did the trick. Oh, 
I like I do like their rhyming. Sometimes it gets a bit annoying. I think they do repeat some of the rhymes in certain episodes. I think that Let's Fly II was one that was in an earlier episode. But before the freighter goes down, the cubes are bailing. Very nice shots of them landing in various points around the same area. Some are in wooded areas, some are in river. One or two have just landed on the side of a cliff. And there goes the freighter. Oh, this is another cool shot as well. You just see it disappear over the trees and then... Oh, that moment of absolute silence. Just that You just hear a little bird chirp and then kaboom! That's it. Minus one freighter. End up in a fireball. If Zellard managed to get one of her monsters aboard and didn't survive... You sure of that, Hawkeye? No, I'm not sure. I'm certain. Uh -huh. It's not like she's tricked us that way before when we thought we'd destroyed something and actually something had got through. Ah, yes, it's now nighttime. The cubes are having a nighttime rendezvous. Imagine 20! <laughs> yes, oh, poor young star. Cube is strong, but united, their force is irresistible. Yes, it's a very clever idea to, to, to combine them and thus combine their power. I don't think we really see much of this afterwards. I know they made cube guns in the Christmas episode, but that was in a dream sequence. I can't remember them actually doing it later for real. I'm sure they must have done. Lads! This is a sad, sad day. Yes, it's time to break the news to his men. But here's a funny bit of uh, voice acting. Revoiced. No! Never! Shame! I'm assuming that's meant to be three different Xeroids, but it just comes across as one. His orders. Whose orders? The order comes from... He who he must be obeyed. Who must be obeyed. But I love as well that it's it's a nice, fun subplot, but I also like that it's another opportunity for Zero to kind of um, outsmart Tiger. Everyone's now in the lounge. Kate, Hawkeye, Mary, and Five Five, who I don't know if he gets revoiced. I, I assume he must have done, because, you know, everybody had to be. But um, we don't hear him speak, I don't think. About as popular around here as an all-night dentist. Well, you're not exactly flavor of the month. I'm Southern, so I'm having a mint julep. Mm. It's created a lot of problems. Yes, what? Hawkeye gets a, a fairly prominent role in this story, which is surprising. By the way, uh, Johnson was trying to contact you. It's, it's nice, actually, in these early episodes, you get uh, an episode where Kate is prominent in the Spirilla. Um, Hero is prominent in... Space Samurai, and I suppose you could say Happy May Day, even though it's not technically Hero. And Hawkeye gets a bit of a spotlight episode here. Sorry, sir. Do you know you were here, sir? Who was that? Zeroid 48, sir. Tiger has entered the uh, cockpit of Terrorhawk to find all these Zeroids knocking around the place. For your order, sir. Numbers uh, who aren't normally in here, and they've all got Zero's voice. Colonel Johnson for you, sir. You wanted to talk, Johnson. I'm getting a lot of heat about that AS4 you shot down. We've all got problems. This one could be pretty dicey. What did you I was also watching the show the other day. I'm actually re-watching Terrorhawks at the moment, so this uh, this episode fits nicely into my re-watch schedule. I was wondering if um, if Colonel Johnson might possibly be modelled on Graham Garden. I think there's, there's something of a resemblance there. Anywho, because Johnson said the word dicey, Tiger has thought cubes... You know, he 
he's magically sussed out the, 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 the idea that uh, Zelda might have dropped off some cubes. It's a bit of a stretch, because if Johnson had said, it's a bit risky. The new Richardson Dam. Oh. So a potential target. 300 construction workers clear out of the area. May I ask our plan of action? Yeah, suddenly they throw this this idea that there's a dam under construction that would be a potential target for the cubes. It's like, why wasn't that mentioned earlier? Of an accidental nature. They don't even like, you know, considering they were, they were quite happy to shoot down the freighter in that area. Wait for Kate to give us the word. 1010. These reckless terror hawks. My cubes. But again, it, it's nice that we get to see something of the outside world in this episode. That was a very nice shot of a construction site there. That's it, Hudson. Let's go. And we actually get some some non-terror hawks human characters to interact with here. We have a a guest character coming up. As Hudson screams past this truck. Who I believe is the uh, is being driven by the construction manager of the uh, the dam construction project. Matched by the vehicle behind. Hudson's snobbery about other vehicles is always great fun. That, yeah, that was a really nice establishing shot of the dam there, with like the mi little miniature vehicles moving around and such. Thing to the rear bumper, no more. And speaking of puppets who look like they resemble Collins is approaching. other people, this uh, construction manager, is it Ed Collins? What kind of a maniac? It's all my fault. I've always thought he looked a bit like Super Marionation voice artist David Healy. You are. You're... My name is Kate Kestrel. Oh, yeah, she's playing up the pop star bit. I don't believe it. I'm your greatest fan. I've got all your records. Why, thank you. Well, considering she just makes a living re-recording re the same 20 songs over and over. She must be doing quite well on the side. Ma'am. So, you're a construction manager, Eddie. Also, I think Eddie Collins is the name of a, a Space 1999 character. I think that's... um. A character from a matter of balance. Do something to make it up to. It's, you know, it's a fairly common name, I suppose, but it's it's just interesting that the last Anderson production prior to Terrorhawks also had an Eddie Collins. Sure. Would the rest of the construction gang be interested? Interested? They tear each other to pieces to get a seat. Oh. You just say. They don't sound very stable, his construction workers. Yes, Kate's um, getting in on the uh, the construction scene in order to uh, lure all of the workers away from the dam site, because that's how it works. They, she puts on a show and they will all come. Uh, nobody you know, nobody will be left behind. There won't be a security guard. The whole construction team is going into town to hear her sing. As unlikely as that seems. Oh, that's a rather extreme close-up on Tiger there. Not a bad one, it's just the way he suddenly swings into frame. It's like, oh, take the camera back a bit. Kestrel! And here's another example of, I think, what we were talking about on Fab Facts a while back, of not having many puppets to fill out crowd scenes. We're supposed to believe this is a huge, well, 300-strong audience that's come out to see to see Kate sing. But you only really get, like, the back of three people's heads. It really doesn't matter, though, because A, this is a really nice song, B, Kate looks really nice, and C, I think they've done a really good job with... 
setting up the the look of the stage and the lighting and the speakers they've they've had to do very little to make it look like a, a real authentic stage so yeah hats off to them there the the cube gun is nearly assembled yep it's taken them a bit but they've finally got it together just as the battle tank rolls into the area there's something very cool always about seeing the battle tank rolling along and just massive explosions going on all around it, and yet it keeps going. Uh, very rare that you would see a battle tank destroyed. Oh, they hit a tree there. The tree's almost over. Guns are made out of cubes with tremendous firepower. You were right, Tiger. Of course. I wish I wasn't. I think I can only remember a, a battle tank being destroyed. Well, A, in the Christmas episode, which again doesn't count, and B, I think the one in, in Terror Tomb. It's taking a pounding, sir. All right, pull it back. Oh, no, they're, they're zooming in on the dam now. They're holding up on the dam, sir. Oh, no. Flaming thunderbolt. They're not doing a very good job of it this week, the Terror Hawks. How do we get near it? There may be one way. I'd like to try. Well, we're going to let Hawkeye do something. Are you feeling all right, Show? You're going to let Hawkeye um, save the day? This is this is unprecedented, Show. Um, it, it's also strange, actually, that um, you know, considering the the cube gun is engaged with the battle tank, Zero doesn't suggest sending in a squad of his men to deal with it. They could probably take care of things. Build up of energy. But this is nice too. Passing on power to the next. Hawkeye actually doing something that. Um, you know, it, it's rare that he does anything, but also it's it's rare that he's... Um, we, we get the sense here that he's... Because allegedly he's got this um, improved vision. We get the impression here that he's using that to um, to assist in... Oh my goodness, this damn site is being just trashed. To help with, the, um, with targeting the, the cubes. He's targeted the head gun. Or well, the head cube, I should say. Shot it off, and with nowhere to go, the energy is released. Great shooting! Huh? Suddenly and explosively. Dagger. He did it. I never doubted it, lad. Oh, that's eight zero. That's zero. That's four eight. Said he wouldn't make it. <laughs> You'd better watch your. And just these lovely reaction shots from Tiger as he's zipping back and forth, looking at all these zeroids with the voice that he hates. All right. For the sake of everyone's sanity. I am rescinding the revoice order. Hooray! Thank you, Saw. Zero's made his point. And a good job. And it's over. Ah. And tell Hawkeye he's done a good job? The emergency's over, man. Oh, right. Five Five didn't get revoiced. Okay. That's interesting. Why wouldn't why would Five Five be exempt? One more, Kate! One more song! Is that that Zeroid from earlier? <laughs> Maybe there is just one more. Oh, one more song. What's she going to sing? Miss Kestrel is giving a last encore. I'd like to hear it. You've heard her all her songs before. We've all heard them. Hi. Beating like wings soon to fly. My countdown has started tonight. Oh, I love the way Five Five is bobbing up and down <laughs> to the music. Uh, I like the idea that Kate has her own personal Xeroid that she takes out into the field and you know nobody at the construction party concert is questioning the fact that there's a sentient robot with her. I got the power to 
rescue you. Oh, it's a nice song. They're all nice songs, Kate's. And again, she just looks fabulous in this outfit. I think there's a, a publicity photo, quite a few publicity photos from that scene. One of them turns up in Stu Dapple's bedroom in Cry UFO. Sacre bleu! <gasps> oh! Duty rota! First appearance from Dee's Wheat! With no moustache. That bad, Mrs. And a new version of number 13. I swear I will. With a different Zero. different voice. Zero! I thought, thought, think Dr. Einstein wants you, saw, 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 Sergeant. Yeah, Zero's here with 2 1. Yeah, Dee's Wheat was just in that scene chatting to 13 as if he was a complete nothing of a character. Which at this point he is, but then I think it's is it the very next episode, Thunderpath. He's back full force. Uh, that's the one where he's uh, where we find out he has he uses garlic in his lubrication oil, and from there, from that little moment, a star was born. Anywho, that was the gun, and um, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Not one of the the absolute greats of the show, but a really strong early episode. It's nice to see the. The show has got to this point now where it can tell a, a genuinely good story and make great use of of both the villain characters and the uh, the human characters, but also we can have humorous subplots that don't really undermine the drama. Is uh, some lovely stuff with the Zeroids here, and uh, all of which ties into the uh, the central conflict between Tiger and Zero. So yeah, it's never going to be a favourite of mine this one, but on the whole, I still thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, oh, two lovely songs from Kate there as well. So yeah, on the whole, great songs, great character stuff, really good effect stuff. Yeah, on the whole, good stuff. Well done, the gun. <laughs> Oh, when oh, you're a happy boy, aren't you? I love it, Terrorhawks. I and know. also, it's the 10th today. Ah. Part of our 10 months of Terrorhawks for 10 right. 10. Well, well, there you go. So, yeah, it's 10 what 4. What a coincidence. Uh, for for, for Terrorhawks. Yeah. So, thank you, Chris. Love a bit of Terrorhawks. If you haven't yeah. tried it, well, there's free episodes on the YouTube channel. Oh, there. Yeah, and also oh. free audios on yes. the YouTube channel, too. So, you can expand your Terrorhawks universe. Great. Wow, for nothing. For nothing, yeah. Amazing. For to- totally for free. So, yeah, go to Terrorhawks with an open mind, an open mm. heart, mm. Uh, and just enjoy it for what it is, which is a bit of silliness, really. It, yeah. it's, it's got a bit of a Red Dwarf vibe, hasn't it? It's kind mm, of yes, Red true. Dwarf meets Captain Scarlet, maybe. Something yeah. like that. That's yeah. a bit of an unusual comp. But, yeah, mm. lovely Terrorhawks. Thank you, Chris. Uh, he'll be back next week with another random episode of a random Jerry Anderson show because that's how the randomizer works. Oh, I see. It's random every week, is it? Yes. Oh, I get it now. Well done yeah. for picking up now on I that. Understand. It's only yeah. taken you uh, five years. Just a minute. Oh, no, I was about to say that wasn't the 250th. Randomizer. That was that was that was that was last la- week, and we, last we week, forgot which we didn't really mark that, did we? Too busy doing Panderson. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry, Chris. Sorry, too Chris. Busy doing well done, though. Congratulations, Chris. Oh, yeah, yeah. Great, great work last week when we were doing. Panderson. It's the first. It's the start of the the second 250. Congratulations on the go. first episode of your second 250 randomizers yes anyway let's gosh. move on quickly yes i think we should well i'm all done but uh, just to let you know that we are here every week with the jerry anderson podcast so there's no excuse for you to not send in some emails in the next seven days for me to read out next time it's quite easy uh, just let your fingers go <laughs> dance across your keyboard <laughs> to type out the address in the uh, address bar of your uh, email client podcast at jerryanderson.com yes. in the subject line put something witty or pithy to let us know what you're about to talk about yes. and then in the main body of the email talk about it 
Great. Okay. Thank goodness for send. you and your Off email you instructions. You almost forgot the hit send bit there. because I, I, I know. Just imagine the thousands of drafts that yes. never reached us otherwise. Yes, imagine. Wouldn't that be criminal? <sighs> uh, but yes, also comment on our Facebook group uh, and uh, tweet us and hashtag us Jerry Anderson Podcast. And I shall read out all your comments, thoughts and reviews next time. Well, I can't wait. Please do send them in, Posterons. Thank you for joining us. Sorry for making your ears clammy. Uh, we hope you've had a good one and we will be back with you in Pod 253 next week. Yes. And happy Jerry Anderson Day for the end of the week. Oh, happy Jerry Anderson Day. Goodbye. Bye. Stage one complete. Let's go. So what are you doing for Jerry Anderson Day, Dixter? Well, I'm going to do what I always do for Jerry Anderson Day. I'm going to Careful. pull out my old uh, yes. uh, um, Officer Orin shirt. Yes. Uh, I'm a multicom. I won't yep. use the gun because that's, you know, it can be a little bit inappropriate. Yes. And uh, I shall just walk around uh, my local town uh, in costume, yep. uh, spouting various lines from Space Precinct to see if anyone remembers. Oh, amazing. That's uh, great. You know, so far, I've had no responses every other year I've done it. Uh, apart from that time, I got time. Uh, carted away and locked up for overnight. That, you know, yeah, was that was the gun, though. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And so. also, that's the problem when you only have your officer in shirt and you don't have the officer yeah. in trousers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that that's was the right, real that's reason, wrong. That's right, yes. Yeah. So a lesson learned, let's put it that way. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, what about you? What will you do for Jerry Anderson Day? Well, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> actually, uh, I've got a day of meetings in, in London. So, right. Yeah, I'll be, Gosh, I'll be you know, out and about and doing things. And of course, you know, to us it's Jerry Anderson Day, but of course to you it's your dad's birthday. Exactly. So it's a must be a you know nice personal day as well as the, yeah. the big sort of public celebration. Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure you know there, there will be remembrances as well as nice public things, and, uh, mm. and I'm looking forward to it. It'll be lovely. And you will be wearing trousers. I will definitely be wearing my trousers, right. uh, yes. guaranteed. Great. Um, yeah, but if you hear that I've been arrested, you know that uh, the trousers thing didn't go did, to plan. Didn't pan out no. as you might have expected. No, no, very good. Fair so, okay. what are we talking about now? Uh, it's time for us to go. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Trousers. You have been listening to the Jerry Anderson podcast. Wasn't it fun? You have been listening to an Anderson Entertainment production. 